Well, Pierre's from Belgium and Corn's from Germany. Little victory. They love to chat about the little things that they achieve. Little victory. They'll give a serious response about a silly thing. Their friends tend to find them exhausting. So they started up a podcast, Little Victories. Little Victories. Hi, Pierre. Howdy. Where am I reaching you today? <laughs> I feel like you prepared this for so long and you're so pleased with it. But it makes me feel happy as yeah. well. It's because um, there's a German podcast that just got like super big. It's like two super famous dudes who started up a podcast together. Um, so then they don't have to do anything. It's just going to work. Shit ton of listeners. And um, the one guy always starts with, uh, hey, where am I reaching you today? Mm. And then the other guy says where he is. So uh, it's a little nod to our German listeners who know that podcast. And um, I feel like uh, it's a fun little entry into this episode of, uh, I think, episode five of this uh, haunted season. Who knows? Speaking Dude. of nose, <laughs> yours is bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> Good one. Yeah, I um, I am falling apart slowly but surely. <laughs> what, uh, what, what's happening, Gorn? I'm worried. Oh, over <laughs> the past like three or four weeks, I was bedridden more often than I was <laughs> in the 10 years before that. So I don't know. And it's to be honest, it's not that bad. Like other people get sick way worse than I do. Yeah, but, but you uh, keep saying I never get sick. I never get sick, and then now yeah. it's payback, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I think I have to um, make an adjustment to that statement. Uh, what's it called if you like uh, retrospectively change the statement? There's a name for it. Hmm. Backpedaling. No. Backpedaling. Yeah. Something. So I always say I never get sick. And it was true for around one and a half years <laughs> of my 28-year life. 29 soon, fuck. Um, and now I think I have to adjust that statement to I get sick once a year, but it's not bad. Yeah, but that once is going to last three months. No. <laughs> it's going to last like two days. Okay. Yeah, so um, I had a migraine a couple of weeks back. And uh, this Tuesday night, I started feeling like, oh, this this doesn't feel good. Doesn't doesn't feel feel good. Like a clogged nose and uh, feel a bit shivery. Oh. You know, hot, cold. Oh, uh, we know what it means. Sweat. This yeah. part. The Black yeah. Plague. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so on Wednesday, I was... Uh, it, it, like... The night from Tuesday to Wednesday kind of killed me. Wednesday, I was in bed all day, slept like a couple of hours during the day. So that always helps. And then on Thursday, I was already feeling better. You know, like this euphoric feeling when you when you are kind of leaving a, an illness behind. Like you're yeah. not sick anymore and you feel like euphoric and you're like, oh, I don't want to be in bed anymore. You know, that sort of thing that came on Thursday morning already. So, um, quick recovery, quick recovery, yeah. And uh, on um, 
Friday, which was yesterday, I was already feeling quite all right. You know, I feel like when you're sick, in the e the evenings are bad. Yeah. The evenings are bad because you're kind of like um, powering down and then like your nose clocks again um, and you feel kind of just uh, energy less. And uh, yeah. Oh my God, this talks makes me feel sick. I feel already <laughs> oh no. I have zero energy anymore. <laughs> I'm painting a good picture apparently. And um, yeah, so this was bad, but now I feel way better and I don't uh, talk nasally anymore as much as I did the last couple of days. You know those people that talk so nasally that you get annoyed? You're just like, dude, just don't talk. Don't I feel talk. I do that when I hear myself uh, talking on a recording. Uh, yeah. You feel like you want to punch yourself? Yes. I say like, In the nose? Yeah. Just say like, yeah. use your fucking nose. Right. Air can go through <laughs> that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Not only cocaine. <laughs> Why? When have you become an addict, Pierre? Um, well... Cannot recall exactly since forever, I guess. Since I, I know you, <laughs> since uh, since you first tasted that sweet <laughs> sweet powder, yeah. So um, and now just before the recording, so what happened? Of course, like the whole week, I have to blow my nose a lot, and what might be not intuitive for someone who knows me, knowing that my nose is pretty bad, like I don't smell as good as I as other people. And I had it broken a couple of times. My nose is super sensitive when it comes to nosebleeds. Yeah. Hypersensitive. Mm -hmm. Like under the shower, it some, sometimes starts bleeding or uh, yeah, when I blow my nose too much. So, it's like a Jenga tower, but yeah. your nose is like the right. structure. You remove one piece and then the entire thing collapses. Just like the tiniest change. Uh -huh. Yeah, interesting metaphor. Interesting, right? Yeah. I worked I'm not on sure that. If it yeah <laughs> how long that, well a couple of <laughs> weeks now <laughs> when i try to describe my work <laughs> i'm building jenga towers i'm just hoping for cornelius to mention nosebleeds because <laughs> i have this amazing <laughs> metaphor <laughs> i don't think i'm good at jenga doesn't matter can talk about that later i just want to finish my nosebleed story so now, just before the recording, I was like, hey, let me blow my nose so Pierre doesn't have to like deal with this disgusting Cornelius. Amazing idea. Whoosh. Blood everywhere. Is it related to the fact that you also got a COVID test? Was it a nasal one? And your yeah, nose... They do, both. They, they, do, they do mouth and nose. Oh, okay. So your nose was already like, hey, man, don't push your luck. <laughs> no, it was the, the he tested in my left nose uh, hole mm -hmm. and my right nose hole is bleeding. Ah, okay, two different so, holes, not connected at yeah. all at any point. Yeah, those like have nothing to do different, <laughs> nothing to do with each other, <laughs> completely unrelated <laughs> to the other one. <laughs> they have different area codes. Can you imagine if uh, one one nose thread would like would be like for air intake and the other one for outtake, and it would just do this kind of circulation circulation that's hilarious it's kind of like <laughs> another theory for like uh you know when you're younger you joke about maybe not you but you joke about how like your right ball makes men and your left ball makes never women. never heard that that's insane never heard that no really mm -mm. okay well maybe it was just a thing in our it's probably for like germany thing. two days yeah probably because we also like to joke about Hitler's ball and, you know, 
Is there a song related to it? We don't have a song, or at least I don't know a song about it. Okay. But there should be. What's the Hitler Bowls joke in, in school? He only had one. Really? Why? Yeah. Oh no, he just had one ball. Oh, that's the end of it? I thought it was a lead up for a joke. He had a little uh, Napoleon complex because of it and um, tried to uh, kill a shit ton of people and invade a lot of countries. Because of that? Mm-hmm. Yep. The uni bowler. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good joke. How did you just come up with them? It's great. Pierre's so uh, creative. I love it. I'm quick. Yeah, like Sonic. <laughs> like Sonic the Hedgehog, yes, <laughs> indeed. A excellent comparison. <laughs> yeah, you're, and you're not the only one good with metaphors. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> we have Jenga Towers, the Uniballer, and... Uh, uh, what was the last one? No, that was it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's all we have. <laughs> hey, so what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, we still have a bunch of topics to talk about. Because I watched Last Night in Soho. Oh. And so did you. You watched it last night? No, but the movie is called Last Night in Soho. <laughs> it's not called In Soho. <laughs> I didn't watch Last Night the movie <laughs> In Soho. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry. <here. laughs> <laughs> my brain just fried I think <laughs> I was so confused like, how did you get there you're just like <laughs> yeah you're just <laughs> what's the movie title and you what's just watched the movie, movie in Seoul last and night and then you came back <laughs> <laughs> what is the movie <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's actually I watched the a movie last night in Soho, last night in Soho. Wow, this could could be a sentence that is being said somewhere. So, did you like it? I liked it. Oh, I uh, give me a stylized Edgar Wright movie about a topic he loves, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, Lo London in the sixties, I guess. Uh, any day. And I'm going to enjoy it. I don't know what the hype around... If there's hype around it or uh, what the critics are saying. I liked it, but for me it's like a 7.5 out of 10. That's pretty good. Yeah. Give me but a 7.5 like, uh, any day. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Wow. You're, an, you're a 9 on my scale. Thank you. And 10 is very hard to reach. Only Hugh Jackman. Zendaya. And... Zendaya, not even, dude. Hugh Jackman and That's probably it. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Two movie-related people. Weird. What the fuck, Corn? What about your family? <laughs> I mean, it's... I feel that about a lot of Edgar Wright movie. Usually, like, he narrows down to a single idea. Hmm. And then it's very cool, but there's not a lot of depth. And I think right. to reach over that 7.5, you need to have more depth. But even in Baby Driver, for example, I love Baby Driver, but it's this just this cool one thing that is like 
very neat and very cool, but there's not much more than that. So yeah. I love Baby Driver, but I understand what you say. It's like, yeah, it's a cool movie. And I think Edgar Wright, usually it's that. It's like, it's a cool movie. Yeah. But it's not like an amazing movie that's going to change your life. It's just, you're going to have like great actors, like good like action scenes, fantastic music, and he knows uh, how to direct. But that's pretty much it. It's a little twist usually, but... <laughs> yeah. What uh what did, what is his best movie? He did the Cornetto trilogy, right? Yeah. With Simon Pegg and uh, what else did he do? Was there like one masterpiece that he No, did? I think they were all in the same They're all I, good. which which already pretty like it's a very solid filmography. Yeah. But Scott, he did Scott Pilgrim too, which I loved. Yeah, this I, I didn't really Enjoyed. You did Ant-Man? Oh, no. You did not. Oh, no. I think he's a producer on some. Movies. Okay. And maybe a writer, too. He did, did he do Attack the Block? That was a good movie. No, Man. I think he produced it as well. Super solid. And then he also did the Sparks uh, Brothers doc. Which I also watched uh, this week. You had a full uh, catch-up with a guy right in a week. Yep. Yep. So, uh, and the Sparks Brothers doc. Mm-hmm. Oh, Edgar Wright did Kick-Ass, no? E no. No? No, I don't think so. Huh. But wasn't it produced by his production company? Maybe. Marv. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Marvel. it's Marv. Uh, yeah, so um, I watched the Sparks Brothers doc, and I don't know any of their songs, mm -hmm. except one. Uh, I don't know if you're a big fan, if you were a big fan already before the doc. No, I didn't know them at all. Oh no? no. Did you know any songs? No, nothing. No, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. Well, now I It's know like, it, but yeah, yeah. But have you heard it before? No. And you were like, oh, this is them. No, 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 nothing, zero. Because they use it in Kick-Ass. That's how I made the connection. Ah, okay. Yeah, and uh, back then I was like, oh, that's an awesome song. But I never followed up on it. And now I was like, oh, that's them. That documentary for me really managed to do something extremely well. Usually you go and see a documentary about a band or a subject that you already enjoy, you know? And so yeah. you're like, oh, more backstory and more information about that thing that I that I like. But here, if I would have listened to a Spark Brothers song before the documentary, I would have said, yeah, it's, it's all right, but not really my jam. Yeah. And after the documentary, I really started to enjoy these songs. And I really like started to play them in my weekly routine on Spotify. And now I'm like, yeah, I think I'm a Spark Brothers fan. There's a lot of amazing album and it's really thanks to the documentary. And yeah. I think that's quite rare. That doesn't happen too frequently where you get into something after the documentary. Right. Or for me, it was during the documentary, right? Like this, I started with zero. Like I did not know them except I guess eccentric artists. So you just start watching it. And by the end, you're like, oh my, man, this is cool. And yeah. also the do documentary just was super cool shot. Like there was a 
kind of an arc where at the end yeah. you were like, awesome, great, <laughs> continue, I want to know more. <laughs> and uh, then it stopped. And then they were, they had this funny epilogue, did you see that? Where they were like answering uh, or telling you fake facts about them. Yeah. Uh, just to confuse you. Great. I love this kind of shit. Yeah, it, uh, it was pretty great. And also yeah. extremely focused on music, I think. Yeah. Sometimes you also have like documentary that talks about music, but they just talk about it. And it's not yeah. in the uh, in front of the stage. And here it, it was like you would hear the same song over and over. And I think that's also how they, they managed to, to hook you on it. You know, you first you, you get like little piece and then the full song comes in and then you're like on it because you feel, oh, yes. I heard that before. Yes, indeed, right. you heard it, but at the beginning of the documentary. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's um it's a very clever way to just like make you like albums and song in general. Just a repeating yeah. process like this. Uh, very, very good uh, and fun documentary. Yeah. And it was critical. Like uh, they didn't pull the punches when they said like, well, this album was kind of commercial. <laughs> yeah, they were like, <laughs> they were like yeah. all right, I guess this is not art. <laughs> this one was shit. <laughs> 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 and they didn't like what all of them do nowadays like the emotional they didn't milk like the emotional shit like yeah. their dad died when they were young they could have pulled that shit like throughout the whole thing like at the end they could have been like this is for our dad because like da, da, da. no no it was just like well we did it along the way we stayed true ourselves and it's great and you're like yeah cool <laughs> you know any other documentaries like well they they were poor lost they lost their dad early da, 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 da. You're like, ah. all right yeah and part of the appeal of the spark brother is that they are still a bit of a mystery and the documentary doesn't really reveal too much about their private life it's still a mystery in the end and that's also something cool like you feel you understand more the the history of the band but you don't really get too much into their private life about i don't know relationship kids like, you don't know anything about them and yeah i think it's better that way <laughs> right usually in the middle of the dock someone is going to pull out a kid from somewhere and it's like well this is why i do it now and yeah like, oh. <laughs> Or they explain like how it was difficult at some point with like relationship almost broke the band or like, like there was no drama, there was yeah. really no drama, and yeah. that's so so rare in a documentary. Even, <laughs> even the one drummer was like, yeah, and then um, they let me go, which was fine. Yeah. Like, all right, dude, I guess you're not bitter at all. <laughs> no one is bitter. That I think that, that's also something that I noticed. Like all those musicians that at some point they kicked out of the band because they were like, eh. We just want to go another direction now. And they were like, yeah. it's fine. It's just like, it's those two brothers in the end, you know? Yeah. All the extra people are just like, okay, it's good that they are in for the ride. But at some point, you're going to be, they're going to go into another direction. And that's fine. So, yeah. Yeah. Really good. Was there another documentary apart from this one that you really liked in the past, like, year or so? Mm, I'm not I'm too much. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, there's a parody documentary called The Ruttles uh, by the oh. part of the Monty Pythons, which is about docu like a parody documentary about this Beatles-ish band 
like fake band called the Ruttles. And oh yeah, it, it's uh, you showed it to me, didn't you? I probably show you like little uh, excerpt from it. Yeah, yeah. because it, it's so funny because they redid all the Beatles song, well, a lot of songs, but with like completely rubbish lyrics, and it's. Um, it goes through all the documentary uh, tropes and make fun of them, and it, it's it's quite good. Not not the entire like it, it has like some weak parts, but for, for the most part, it's a very fun uh, mockumentary. Dude, we watched that together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did. Oh, ah, yeah. very possibly, yeah. 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 Still in Marzi. <laughs> that's yeah, true. That yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember now. We watched it together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was good. Do you like um, sports documentaries at all? No, I don't watch them. No. I, I watch a bit of uh, the, uh, the Last Dance. It was... Uh, yeah. But I feel like, especially in those like documentary series, I feel like at some point it's just like they, they make everything... Everything is important. Like just... Yeah. They, they, they go into those like rabbit holes and you're like, why do I need to know about this? Like... At some point in the in the last dance, they were talking about like this kind of janitor that like Michael Jordan was very fond of, and until <laughs> the end was there. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, ah, true. Like, I like, like that story. Uh, it makes him human. Yes. Okay. They used to gamble. They used to gamble yes. in the games. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, do I really need to know about this? Maybe not. But I liked it. I'm a sucker for that in that case. It's like, oh, yes, we need a bit of a cool story because right now we just talked about like Michael Jordan was this insane competitor, which was like, it was almost a disease. We have to show that he's doing fist bump with a janitor at some point, no? Yeah. (laughs) He's not very, like they were shooting it. They were like, he's not very likable. (laughs) (laughs) What can we do? He's insulting everyone, (laughs) like the other players, even on his own team. Like, um, what can we do? (laughs) Just smoking cigars the whole day. Like, fuck, I don't know. (laughs) He's like a supervillain. Oh my god, it must be like, imagine being friends with a guy who cannot stop betting everything with you. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. Like, I mean, I could be friends, to live, but like, like, I wouldn't. If you're golfing with him and he's like, well, this hole is 10 grand, you're like, what? No, <laughs> no. dude, I don't want to. No, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> and I think then you're not his friend anymore. He's like, oh, fuck that. Yeah, you would just get a hot dog with him and then like, I bet I can finish this hot dog before you. And you're like, I just want to enjoy it. I don't want to. <laughs> I bet you can, man. You're two meters tall. I don't know. Like, Calm down. Not everything bigger. has to be a bet. <laughs> might be stressful. But it might also be not stressful because he probably enjoys it very much. Oh, I'm sure he enjoys it. Yeah. Or does he? It's not, uh, it's not like compulsive. Well, it is compulsive, but not on a negative level. Yeah, because Last Dance, that was one that I really enjoyed, actually. I think it was super well made. Last Dance was super well made, but the advantage, it was about someone who was incredible, who's still incredible. But I think yeah. they, re- they, they now the Last Dance format is being applied to people that are less incredible. Yeah. So you Correct. still have this extremely well-produced documentary. <laughs> but about, like, you know, about the things that are like, I'm not saying like not interesting, but you know, it's not amazing. Yeah. 
and uh, sometimes it's just fun to watch these and say like, yeah, that that game was cool, I guess. That's <laughs> <laughs> sweet. <laughs> it's like, it's the same when they roast when they roast people that you have no idea about. Like when there's roast uh, Comedy Central roast yeah. of like. I don't know, Rob Lowe. You're like, what? I don't. I didn't know he has like some shit that is worthy making fun of. Like Donald Trump, Charlie Sheen at the time, amazing roast. Uh, but then it almost like it got random already. Like with James Franco, he was in the media back then a bit. Like, all right, I get it. And then it was just like Rob Lowe, and you're like, I don't know, man. I don't, I and now there's a Jonas Brothers roast. I I didn't. I successfully. Did not think about the Jonas Brothers <laughs> in the last 15 years. But or now, since they ever existed. Just now I'm roast. Like, well, I guess they have a roast. I don't know what they personally did that they can't make fun of. Like, I don't know. There is this trend on YouTube where... So you know about uh, video game speedrun, right? It's people who uh, try yeah, to yeah. beat a game as fast as possible. And so there's an entire community right. on like those speedrunners. And they get some... They have their public and people that are going to watch them. But now you have this kind of like historian about speedrunners that create these like insane documentaries on YouTube about the progression of a world record on a specific games. And it's all the documentary troves and all the cliche stuff. But for people just sitting in their chair <laughs> with controller in their hand <laughs> and they're like, and on June 19th, the impossible happened. <laughs> he finally managed to do the... And then the, some ra random word describing a game bug that you can achieve one in a 1,000 time. Right. He successfully did it, shaving three seconds on the world record in Super <laughs> Mario 64. And then you have like this dramatic music. And in the end, you just see like a dude shirtless in like mom basement <laughs> just like woo i did it <laughs> that's funny that's great that's also what i love is like when the the documentaries they focus on a specific scene to add drama where you would have never known that this is important yeah like they go like, well, you don't know this, but like to have this bug is pretty <laughs> insane. Like you have to hit it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, I guess I'm not. I don't know. It's um, another great documentary is um, uh, Free Solo. Did you watch that? Yeah, I watched it. Right, and there's this one part which is super. We watched crucial, it together, like, no? Also in Master. Oh, yeah, we watched it. Yeah, right. We watched it together. <laughs> so like the one part is super crucial where he does like the kick um, <laughs> to the other wall. And, like, they have to build it up by, like, showing how when he had uh, ropes and shit, he failed it. And there's different um, uh, ways to do it. And which one is he going to choose? And then, like, in the end, he does it. And you're like, oh, <laughs> all right, I guess. <laughs> I guess he made it. I think it's particularly difficult, especially when filming, like, this kind of, like, rock structure. When you look at your screen, sometimes the distance doesn't look that big and like, right. you, yeah, you yeah. don't really see like why is it difficult so then you right. just see him like do the thing and you're like oh yeah I <laughs> think I could do that <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong amazing feet uh, <laughs> insane but I mean in the dark I don't know I wasn't 
I wasn't taken as much by that part as I was by just like the heights. You yes. know, you get sweaty hands because it's just an insane thing. You don't have to, I mean, you can add that one part, but... The, the, the most impressive are those like para- panoramic shots, you know, where yeah. you're just seeing like, oh, he's on a vertical slope <laughs> yeah. with nothing. Like, he's holding on with his fucking fingertips. Mm-hmm. That's insane already. Yes. Is the kick really the thing that he's like... That is the most difficult? Probably is. I don't know. They know. It was cool. Yeah, I could not <laughs> rely on my fingertips. My phone drops on my no. face when in my, in my bed way too often. You know, if I yeah. cannot hold on to this thing, then yeah. it's, it's over. Weak. You can train it. There are like those boards where you can, that have little holes in it, and then you can like do pull-ups on them. Ah. Mm-hmm. And then you have a iron grip. I think they called monkey boards or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, then you have an iron grip. Did you see that guy's hands? Yeah. He has like fucking gorilla hands. Yeah, it has like he has like biceps on the, each of his finger. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's uh it's uh it's pretty cool to be able to do that shit. Usually um you will watch that documentary with someone and that someone will say yeah, it's impressive, but if you dedicate your whole life into it, then sure, it's not that difficult. And you're Ooh, like, yeah, but you have to do it, man. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty difficult. The difficult part <laughs> is dedicating your whole life to it, you know? That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's like a buildup of uh, 20 years that you didn't see. <laughs> oh, police. Uh, classic. Um, it's the same with stand-up. You know, you you always see the finished product of, like, the best stand-up comedians. Yeah. Where they do, like, one hour of hilarity. And you're just like, that's impossible to do. Well, they did it for 30 years. <laughs> At one point, after doing it for 30 years and, like, bombing weeks straight because they're working out new material, and they hit, like, a nugget. It's so hard. Just the lead-up is so difficult. No one gets on stage and is funny. I think Jessenik said that um, in his fir- the first time he tried stand-up, he was like 22 or 23, and he tried stand-up because he felt like he could do better than the other people that were at the open mics. And he, like, the, the first night, awesome, really good. Like, he got all the laughs and was super happy with himself. And he was like, all right, I can do this. And then, uh, like, a couple of days later, he went again, and he bombed. And then, like, he... Um, he just, uh, the following weeks and months, he always drove to open mics, but stayed in his car <laughs> and couldn't get in. And he talks about that. And like, if you if you didn't like do that, are you even a comedian? Did you even put in the work? You know what I think would be the most difficult for me if I wanted to do stand-up? Is to write my jokes and between the part that I'm writing them and the part that I would, like, the time that I would perform them, still thinking that they are funny. Like, I would right. get bored of my material, yeah. like, so quickly, say, like, oh, yeah, that's amazing, and then write it down, it's like, Ugh. I don't think this is very funny. It's probably <laughs> not, by the way. <laughs> but I think you need this kind of confidence saying, like, you know what? This is funny. I think it can it can go well, and I'm gonna do it. And yeah. uh, well, sometimes it's not, but 
I, I think I would get really demotivated just by reading it again and again and working yeah. on it. Yeah. A bit so of like a dissecting the flesh syndrome. It's what they love is like fleshing it out, like making the joke as good as it could be, starting with like a not as good bit and in the end having a good bit. And then they say like once you get bored of presenting that material, that's when you that's when you should shoot shoot the special because then you kind of like you have it in you mm. it's already kind of boring you don't have to be excited about it but you yeah you're just confident in presenting it that's what i say i don't know i'm not a comedian i just yet shit on yet i just read a lot uh, on it did you went back to some um, open mic and perform Went back and perform. I never performed. Pure. No, but you had a, a a slot, maybe. Yep. Uh, well, I talked to the guy, and he was like, "Yeah, anytime." And he talks uh, like that. I, he does talk like that. It's weird. I told him, "Like, why do you sound like goofy?" <laughs> oh, anytime. <laughs> and um, no, I, ju- I I I would have to do it. But that, all of a sudden, dude, after after COVID, or I mean, I guess it's starting again. But uh, Cologne, open mics every night. Nice. It just happened. There was like one uh, a couple of months back. And now it's just like, well, now there's open mics every night. So there should really not be. There's, the only obstacle is my head. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe not being funny on stage. That might also be an obstacle. That's the advantage of having every US trans coming to Europe, usually four or five years after the fact. I think, mm. well, it's it's going probably in Belgium in three years, but <laughs> it's I, I think it's gonna come. Uh, it's um, people will get tired of this unfunny, two hundred years old comedian doing the same shtick, and then you see it like on TV and stuff. It's like, how is these people are still performing, like? In the US, you have like this kind of like turnover super fast. Like you have new yeah. ones and like new generation and you have an entire diversity. In Belgium, the one that are at the forefront, there's like three people. And they are there since I was born. I know them. They are not funny. No one find them funny. But somehow they are there. And they yeah. are like when they perform, it's a packed show. And you're like, who? Who are going there? Like it, it's yeah. insane. And I think this is like it's gonna be over in five years. People will say like, "Oh, you know what? We can give the chance to like other people that can also come up stage and do funny bits." Yeah. So I'm people quite confident. It it's it's but just by habit. I feel like. Yeah. It's just like, ah, oh, this guy we know him. It's a face that we know. We're gonna go. Yeah. There's a guy who dressed up like an old lady. Like usually, and oh. that's his thing, and do a, like a Since show for like one ever. hour. You're like, what? Why? And I think it's a bit the same in Germany. You know, you have like this kind oh, of yeah. like deep-rooted <laughs> comedian yeah. quotation mark. Yeah, the ones that had a show in the early two thousands, um, they are still famous now. But now there's like uh, one guy who's essentially cleaning up. Uh, he's very, uh, he's young. He's like 30 something. 
uh, early 30s. And um, he talks about that. He has like the biggest podcast in Germany now. And he talks about that too. He's like, those comedians, the problem with them is not that they're, well, I mean, one of the problems is that they're not funny and that they're not like trying out new shit, but they don't know, uh, they don't go to the open mics and test with small audiences. They can allow themselves to just write something and then go on a big stage, fill a whole theater cash in and tell their story just because people still have in their heads that those guys are funny you know yeah the act didn't really change anymore it's not it didn't go with the time or anything it's pretty much the same there's one guy that is still one of the like most famous comedians in germany he's making fun of like his typical joke involves like uh, women and their handbags you know it's like um (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah, they always leave the remote control at the TV. That makes no sense. I want to handle it remotely, like from the couch. And you're like, all right, all right. <laughs> Jesus Christ, filling stadiums with yeah. that sort of shit. <laughs> These comedians should be only allowed to do one thing: is to host the like New Year special on the TV channel, where they say right. like, this is the goofy thing that happens last year. You know, yeah. <laughs> right? And then he can make his little jokes if he wants. Exactly. But, but there's a shit ton of people. It's older people, and dude, there's so many people in the countryside in Germany. <laughs> Those yeah. guys really love them. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> They're always performing in like fucking bumfuck Germany where there's an arena <laughs> randomly because there's a football club that is good, and then you're just like, "Wow, I got sixty thousand people in there." You're like, "What did you do?" Yeah, everybody paid uh, 50 bucks a ticket. <laughs> I think fuck? it's for people who usually do not make a lot of jokes. And so, like, funny is in this kind of compartment. And so, like, yeah. oh, yeah, this month, th- that that night, we're going to do a funny night. And I know right. this guy is a funny man. So, yeah. during the rest of the year, we don't laugh. You know, there's no jokes because... Right. But it's this extra activity you can do you know it's like right. going to the cinema watching a scary movie it's like oh, i want to be scared tonight right well these people are yeah. like oh that time of the year is the time where i want to feel funny <laughs> and it's simple yes it's oh my god simple. it's the easiest you want to ah that doesn't matter yeah um it's the rough. wrong kind of silliness usually these comedians it's like it's a bit silly but not enough silly to make it really funny you know I like yeah. silliness. I like but oh, yeah. to be funny, it has to be extremely silly. Like to the point that it almost makes no sense anymore. If you want yeah. to go with silliness, a bit silly is not uh, it's not funny. Yeah, Tim Robinson if if, if he's like Yeah, <laughs> extremely silly. Good you know example. that's the sort of silliness. Yes. Where he's arguing with a guy about a shirt, <laughs> and then and then the guy is like, "You didn't like the shirt." He's like, "I never said I don't like the shirt. I just think it's overpriced." And you're like, "What the fuck? What are they talking about? <laughs> Pouring water on steak? What? <laughs> you know, that's the sort of silliness where no floppy steaks. It's, it's bizarre. It's just yeah. bizarre. So that's what makes it great. It's so abstract." I had a question for you about Tim Robinson. Um, is that uh, I know you enjoyed the special. I loved it. The, the season, uh, not the special, the the new yeah, series, sure. the new show. Uh, season two was like, like season one was good. Season two was like out of this world for me. 
But um, so I loved it. I loved everything of it. But I know that you are not really into uh, yelling in a comedy. Yeah. Tim Robinson relies a lot in yelling extremely <laughs> loud to the point that there's even one bit when a guy sent a video to another guy and the other answer, is this loud? And the other say, no. Opson opens up and it's just a dude yelling at the top of his lungs. And he made me laugh so much. But I don't know if you really like this kind of a joke. It's not so much that I don't like yelling. It's the same that, uh, as what Seinfeld says about swearing. If it's if they're laughing because of the fact of it, like of the swear word, then it's not funny. If they're laughing because of the yelling, just because they're like surprised or whatever, mm -hmm. it's not funny. But Tim Robinson like manages to put it put it into bits, oh my God. and it and it supports the bit, <laughs> so then it's funny, you know. If like there's just a I don't know, Aziz and Zara used to do that a lot. They'd just yell, I know! Like, <laughs> All right, yeah. Oh, okay, I, mean, I know what you mean, yeah. You know? But uh, if it supports, every, like, if it supports, if it's like a build-up and the bit <laughs> is that the person is angry and it needs to be that way, specifically in the Tim Robinson stuff, it's like, it, it's about the bizarreness and the abstractness, so... <laughs> Oh yeah, my god, very. Tim Robinson! It's like I I, I rewatched it a lot. It's 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 so good. Yeah. That bit with the old professor. That that is my favorite bit. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> Who desperately wants the burger of the other guy? <laughs> oh, I should have ordered this. Ah, oh, I really regret it. Ah, oh. can I can I have some? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but, but, but. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Tim Robinson. Bit, then it's the shirt bit and then it's the sloppy steak for me. Ah, oh, sloppy steak is so good. Like such yeah, a great monologue at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I was a, I was the, what does he say? Uh, I was a um, douchebag? Is it no, just douchebag or is it piece asshole? Of shit. Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He doesn't wanna, he doesn't to wanna be, be helped by me. <laughs> Because he knows I'm a piece of shit. Babies can see that. <laughs> I'm afraid the baby, the baby thing people cannot change. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think you should leave season two. Go watch it. It's 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 on Netflix, and it's just like you're gonna laugh. I mean, I, I was dying. So funny. Pierre, I don't like you abusing our reach to. Uh, support uh low-class comedians uh which small shows on netflix so please uh refrain from doing that unless they pay us okay do you want to refer to a classic german comedian who packs up stadium <laughs> bum fuck nowhere <laughs> mario bart is his name jesus uh yeah but um actually german artistry i have something to say about this because i watched a movie yesterday a german movie which is from 2011 and you know what i think about german movies usually like the actors are trained in theater so there might be some overacting mm -hmm. happens all the time it's not their fault it's just the way i don't know people think movies should be like in germany but there's a movie which i think everybody would enjoy uh and it's not a 
like no I, I did it's not a gem that I found and that is uh, really good it's it was famous in Germany I think and it's called oh boy uh, just oh and then boy and it's with um, Tom Schelling who is a great character actor who I always liked in pretty much all of his roles he is pretty good and this one I'm recommending to you. Ooh. I think you should put it on your list. Uh, I think it's going to work with subtitles as there's not a lot of talking and uh, it's a drama, but it's very comedic. Okay. And it's not like sloppy humor, but it's it's funny. Um, so I, I think it would... W and the, the, the comedy bits are uh, supported through the visuals and less through talking. Okay. So um, I think it would work with subtitles. It's just a. Uh, it's in black and white. It's a guy in Berlin, and like they support the the, the score of the movie is like one of those old French movies, um, movies uh, scores. Um, you know the typical Parisian sound that you would hear when you watch yeah. a French movie from the Nouvelle Vague. And it's and it's so so good. It's just a day in the life, and um, it's kind of nihilistic. Uh, yeah, I think I don't know, and I think you would enjoy it. Um, All right, I'm, so I'm gonna watch it definitely. Oh boy, you said right? Oh boy, yeah, and it's on Netflix. Uh, I guess you can. I th I'm, it might be on Netflix, Belgium too. I didn't watch. Uh, yeah, I, I will use my VPN. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta say, it's one of my favorite movies now. Like that's. Uh, oh wow! Even special. Yeah, yeah. I, it's top I, ten. I can't really recommend the uh, recommend a French movie. My problem with French movies is usually that they are good, but they are like obsessed with like depict, depicting like life situations that are a bit difficult. And like the critics usually say like, oh my God, this is like so real. You can really feel the... And like, I don't want this. I, <laughs> I bet it's very well transcribed in the movie, but that's not really what I'm seeking. Like <laughs> an overload of feelings about this like tough situation. Okay, you know, like right. sometimes, but French movie tends to really say, okay, we want to create this kind of like realistic situation where people are torn apart between different things and we got, we're got going to hire like great actors and it's going to feel like so, so true. But it's a style, like not every movie needs to be that. I think yeah. um, sometimes... French movie likes a bit of fantasy, not the genre of fantasy, but just, you know, a bit yeah. more. Not everything has to be about, I don't know, a, a woman losing her children and now has to deal with an old, older <laughs> guy and there's the. Na, 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 and then the, they have an argument at the dinner table and then they look by the window and then. Whew, <laughs> I there's think no it started like, to change, but uh, there's still right. a lot of a lot of these. There's a couple of French movies uh, where I would say there's no French movie that you would really recommend right now, apart from uh, the OSS uh, one with the Jean <laughs> 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 Dujardin. Uh, no, it's probably he's like James Bond, but it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> there's probably a lot, but I I, I really not. Uh, that's really not my in my priority when I go to the movies. Do you like Gaspar Noé? I have to say, didn't it's really tough. watch his movies <laughs> because it's a bit... Oh, none too, of them? Well, I tried it and I'm like, okay. 
it's a bit too much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a lot. <laughs> it's still recommendable. Actually, I don't recommend it to all people. Irreversible, you cannot recommend to all people. Irreversible is something you have to know the person is like really into some weird shit <laughs> and then you're like, all right, you can watch that. I think I didn't I didn't finish it the first time I started watching it. Why was it it was too tough? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it was a bit much. Yeah. Well, 50 Should minutes of movies and documentaries. And I'm not done. Jesus. 50 minutes already? Yeah. Yes. Um there was one thing in la of last night of uh, in Soho that I really liked. At one point um, I'm not going to spoil anything. The old guy orders a drink at the bar and he says, a pint of numbers, please. And the beer that he ordered is the 1664, the the French beer. Cronenberg. And I found it hilarious. Just that pint of numbers. <laughs> like, ah, I know which one you mean. <laughs> it hit me. It was an easy joke, but I was like, yes, very good. And I I was mad at myself because... That beer is served in every bar bar in Paris, so I'm a bit mad that I never I never used that joke. <laughs> um, There's a French joke where don't know if it really happened or not, but that's it, some you. It's like presidents or like ministers in France that uh, are to dinner and discussion, and they talk about what for them what was the most um, historic date. So one said, like, oh, yeah, like, uh, November 11th, uh, 1944. Like, and then you have, like, all those historic dates. And then the last, the, the current president said, like, Cronenberg, <laughs> 1664. That's kind of a, oh, a yeah. joke. Oh, yeah. Funny. It's a good joke. Yeah, I get it. It's about the beer. which Yeah, like, yeah, oh, it's sorry. about the beer. <laughs> 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 all right one uh not movie related topic and then uh, it's prepared with a question at the end i was walking the street recently just the and, other day um, mm, one and a half weeks ago i'd say and i found a id card on the ground Ooh, on the street and i was like oh shit someone lost their id picked it up looked at it, it was like a girl a bit younger than me Check the back of the, uh, check the address. Alina was walking with me. She was like, oh, this is like right next to our place. We can just hand it in. I was like, we have to give it to the cops. And Alina was like, no, no, we can just go to the person. I was like, all right, cool. Didn't know the address was that close. So we went. Um, the ID couldn't have been there long. It was still pretty, like, pretty clean on the street, you know. I guess the person just lost it. So I rang the doorbell. And I was like, yes. And then I was like, well, is this da-da-da? I got your ID card. She was like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm coming down. She came down, opened the door. He said, oh, thank you very much. Took the ID. And I was like, bye. And went inside. <laughs> now, you can handle situations however you want. <laughs> if I lost my ID card... <laughs> And even if I didn't realize it yet, someone just picked up picked it up on the street. 
came to my place and gave it back to me, I'd be just, I mean, I'd Come be a bit on more in, this natural's inside. Like, <laughs> it's not about like finder's fee. It's about like, oh man, I was so relieved. Thank you so much. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. That person was so cold. <laughs> it's just like, ah, cool. Thanks. Bye. Have a nice day. And I closed the door. I was like, well, I don't want to be a piece of shit. But, like, I, I asked Alina, like, was this not a normal reaction or was this like very low? It was like, no, no, she was like, <laughs> that was not the appropriate reaction to someone bringing back like an ID card. How old was she, you, you think? Well, you probably well, know no. because it was written on the, the yeah, ID. Yeah, uh, 27. Okay. I would have said maybe if she was like 20, maybe she didn't care. Like you had that age, like, oh. Yeah, they're too like, cool. Yeah, but 27, you still as some kind of acknowledgement of value of a piece of plastic. Right, right. And not only that, like the acknowledgement of someone bringing you your shit back. Especially during this time where you have to provide an <laughs> ID card with your COVID test when you enter a place. You're like, it's Everything. important. Yeah. I was... Uh... I tried to put myself into... To the, so she really just said like she said, so on the phone she said okay I'm coming down then she's like oh thanks then yeah bye. oh thanks um very nice have a nice evening bye I I thought about all the possible situations because obviously I got a bit obsessed <laughs> maybe she already ordered a new ID card uh, and then it's not as great the, to get the old one back yeah because the the gold one now is the void. Yeah, and she already paid money to get the new one because it cost, yeah. like, I don't know, 20 euros or something. That's one option. The other option is, like, she didn't know she lost it, so she couldn't fully appreciate that it got back to her. If you don't know you lost something and then you find it back, you're like, all right, I didn't actually lose anything. Or maybe she had a very shitty day. She was like, oh, yeah, I the guess. The worst. Yeah, yeah like... she had the worst of days. Yeah. Mm, or she oh. lost it on purpose because ah. <laughs> she wanted the boy to accompany her to the communal service to make a new one and now mm. that she has it back she has no excuse oh wow so she like dropped it somewhere because she has like a guy friend that she wants to go there with yeah okay. or a girlfriend yeah so you don't think she like wanted maybe a good-looking person to find it and then be like, oh, hi, hi, yeah, but Oh, you're so pretty. Can we go for coffee? Yeah, but th th I thought about that. But uh -huh. she looked already... She sounded already like didn't care on the phone. Maybe, like, you have a good voice. So she could not be like, oh, my God, probably a nerd picked my card. <laughs> Okay. Know what I mean? I mean, yeah, okay. Those fucking nerds. She could have just said, like, on the phone, like, if she was on the phone, oh, thank you, I'm coming down. Then, and then open the door. It's like, oh, thanks, Ooh. bye. Then. Ah, <laughs> all right. You know? Yeah. Wasn't euphoric on the phone either. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's Okay, yeah, I get it. That's <sighs> one less possibility. It's, I mean, it's not a problem, but I, I, it, it was just a weird situation where you, 
it's all as always it's my expectations yeah of course you're projecting what you would do yourself exactly so if i didn't have expectations this scene would just have been done after Mm -hmm. but um yeah, I just found it a bit um, a bit weird. Have you ever lost anything, or have you ever found something and given it back? Um, yeah, but it's probably not of uh, worthy of a story, I guess. No, no. Uh, I'm trying to think. I once, when I was in Maastricht, I received a postcard which was addressed to the previous. Uh, renters of the mm-hmm. apartment and it was this very sweet postcard apparently the, the girl who was living there before had this friend living in another country that they met during exchange and the guy sent a nice postcard saying how is it going and everything and it was very sweet so because uh, he put the name of the girl like on the postcard of course I find her on Facebook I scan the postcard and I say like hey that's for you Oh, that's nice. And uh, then, but she was very grateful. Like, she really said, like, wow, that's amazing. Thank you so much. And then she asked, like, how's the uh, apartment? Did something change? Is it still the same landlord? And uh, she was very pleased with it. Oh, there you go. That's a reaction I can get behind. <laughs> um, yeah. You, we want, of course, we do things because it's the right thing to do. But mm-hmm. we, it's also enjoyable when the other person like reciprocate and you know say like acknowledge yeah. this kind of good good deed that we did. Exactly. We are looking for validation. Right. We are just dogs. This is yeah. good. Don't it's do like it. people <laughs> uh, people giving to charity. Why would you ever do it <laughs> if not for your own benefit? Or tax optimization. But. <laughs> That is your own benefit. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's literally <laughs> what I just said. <laughs> uh, if there is a charitable cause, um, what would you like to give uh, your millions to? To a, Like, which charity I would like? Mm-hmm. Mm. Replanting trees, feeding kids, fighting AIDS... You know, I never thought about... I, I think I would do some research. I would like to know... I think right now there's a trend in charity where people want to see a direct reaction to the thing that they are donated. So when you see like planted the trees, you say like, okay, if you give $1, that means one tree planted. And so it's mm-hmm. very visual. Yeah. And um, I think we should not forget that funding research that maybe you're gonna f- not going to see the result in your entire lifetime. But still, like, I think focusing on long-term goal is also important. So right. things, again, like research against cancer or rare disease uh, should not be forgotten. It's not just about, like, hey, you know, f- if, when you give five bucks, it means that we are depolluting was- one square meter in the sea. It's important as well. It's just, like, it's... Um, we should not forget the other ones that are like uh, m- maybe the, the 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 result is not so visual but uh it helps but hyper impactful later yeah, yeah. like uh what the gates did with the malaria research yeah exactly yeah mm. 
not uh, of course you need both but not every problem is a water pump you can install in africa and then you need 250 dollars for it yeah so you would rather fight the disease not the symptoms sort of i think it's like I would say like the one like those charity that like try to work on the long term maybe is are less popular so that's why I would I would give if I had a big amount mm. of money to give I would give them to I would get right. to them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What about you? You would not give it? There's a Seinfeld bit where <laughs> George made up a foundation because he received a he gives gift for Christmas, and in return, he receives a card saying, "Like your gift was a is a donation to this uh, charity." And like he's like, "This is bullshit." So <laughs> then, but then he get an idea that this can be actually a way for that he doesn't have to pay for gift anymore. So he's gifting everyone he knows like this little card saying, "Like your gift this year <laughs> is that this uh, one hundred dollars made to the Human Foundation." foundation oh, that he no. made up <laughs> oh. funny of course this <laughs> backfire because his boss saying like hey george i heard about this human foundation we have 20 dollars that we have to give from the company can you take the like make the check go into that foundation but of course it doesn't mm. exist so funny funny bit anyway that's yeah, good bit um yeah probably uh disease research is a good one because it's the shit I'm scared of the most. Well, is it? Is that true? Diseases or climate change? Hmm. <laughs> I actually would like to help with hunger. Hunger? Yeah. Try to develop uh, emerging countries a bit more. I think that what you—that's that's something I I, I find cool. But something more like this foundation will provide like 10,000 meals or more like... No, more like a strategic like build up so that people can start working uh, or helping themselves on a better level, essentially. I, I, I would like to... That, that's actually a very good point. I would like like charity in uh, emerging countries be like, okay, I want you to have all of this money I want to be sure that it's going to be used wisely, but I don't want that our Western civilization has anything to do with it. Yeah. I don't want white men from Europe or US running a charity program in your country to make change because obviously it doesn't work great. Like, yeah. So, right. I want to see where it goes, the money. But I, I want to trust the person that you hand it over to. Like, I want to be like, all right, I believe that you can do this the best. So here you go and do however, whatever you think is best. You don't really want to think about it anymore. After. Yeah. And, and I don't want our values of yeah. you know, our society being like imposed on them. Even if it starts from a good intention, you, it's not a direct translation. You cannot do it. It's impossible. It doesn't work. Did, did you hear about uh, the the what's it called? The head secretary of the UN and uh, Elon Musk. No. Where he was like, well, if you only give a small percentage of your um, of your wealth, 
then uh, we could end world hunger right now. So Elon Musk just tweeted back, was like, all right, give me a plan. And how much, well, the, the UN had said how much he needed. I think it was six billion. Which is all right for Elon Musk to spend. Um, but he was like, give me a plan. Show me how to how it's going to be allocated. And if it's actually true that this amount of money would end world hunger. And I think um, world hunger is 45 million people without, like, uh, or on the verge of whatever the category is that makes them uh, the, the world hunger. Oh, wow. I lost all my English <laughs> words. <laughs> well, uh, impoverished in terms of food. So, um, yeah, he said, I think he's going to give uh, the six billion to the UN. Cool. That's an interesting project. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm 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 surprised that Elon Musk didn't say something stupid. <laughs> that that would be his, like his perfect categories when he tries to think about social issues and then tweet something weird about it. Yeah, I find I find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't take it too seriously when he said. Um, Oh yeah, Bernie Sanders recently said uh, uh, that the wealthy have to do more for the country and be taxed more. And then he just answered the tweet. Elon Musk just answered the tweet and went like, um, I keep forgetting you're not dead. <laughs> I don't know. I find it funny. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm always a bit cautious about very uh, people with uh, like uh, a lot of powers being a bit funny, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what like, else do they do that is kind of like what you would do but with billions of dollars <laughs> not all ideas are good ideas <laughs> yeah funny <laughs> you can control the world <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit scared <laughs> yeah but in total I think uh, he's doing good anyways we already talked for a long time, didn't we? Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a wrap. It's is it little victory time? I think it is. Do you want to start? You know what? You start. <laughs> All right. Uh, two little victories because last week we couldn't. Well, uh, we didn't put out an episode last week. Um. Meeting with Thomas again, he took the initiative and was like, hey, Quorn, let's meet. And I was like, yes. And it was great. We had a little cheese board, some good red wine, and uh, watched a comedy show and had a grand old time. And you know what? The other one is, the other little victory is um, recovering quickly from whatever I had. Because it really knocked <laughs> me down on Wednesday, and now I'm good again, essentially. So I'm proud of that. I have a good immune system. It only system, took one night with Thomas to make it go away. Well, that was the week before, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, true. We, we are. There's, a, there's two little victories. Yeah. What uh, about you? Mine, you know that I have a big one. Yes. Is it... Uh, <laughs> wait, can I guess? Or do you want to say it? No, go for it. Joe Paris texting you back <laughs> yes. on the DMs. <laughs> One of your favorite comedians just answering to your DM. Yes, I slide into his DM on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, 
we had a little, well, very short talk. But hey, no, hey, when your favorite comedian like texts you to you directly, you feel a bit special, and you're like, yeah, I'm like, hey, you yeah, are special, cool. dude. You are special, Pierre, and he felt that. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, he loves like random facts, so I give him li- random fact about Belgium. So to 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 say thank you to answering me, and then uh, all good. So it made me. Made me feel special. Maybe he's going to reference you in one of his future bits. Ooh. Oh. Better do. I had a, had a Belgian fan and <laughs> told me that the prime minister speaks three different languages. <laughs> I found that hilarious. My other little victory of the week is that for the first time in my life, I made gnocchi from scratch. Wow. Yeah. Oh, good. And uh, you would have loved that dish, by the way. I so it doubt was it. a sweet Kidding. potato gnocchi mm. Mm. Uh, with a mushroom. Nachos? No, no nachos. But uh. then a, a burrata on top of it. Oh, Little uh, nuts sparkle oh. on top of it. Mm, Basil and truffle oil. (laughs) I would have enjoyed that dish indeed, my friend. Uh, And I also went to Maastricht last week, one day after you you visited. (laughs) Ah, shit. (laughs) Because I thought you were going on Sunday, but of course not. I read it wrong, so I went there anyway (laughs) when you were not there. I was super excited. uh, (laughs) You want to meet for coffee on Saturday? Sure. (laughs) <laughs> and then like the day after so when are you gonna be in Maastricht on Sunday I was like Saturday ah <laughs> oh, then I can't <laughs> I was like what I guess alright <laughs> and I went to the little uh, Asian uh, store and bought uh, spicy uh, ramen noodles mm. so the good kind so I had that yeah. uh, throughout the week and it was well good. the good kind the instant ramen noodles yeah alright but the good instant ramen noodle brand mm-hmm. at least alright yeah I have, I actually have a story about ramen. I purchased um, pork bone broth, which they say is like the ramen type broth. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I was looking for it in Germany everywhere because um, Germans have broth made from everything except pork bones. So I I bought this, um, tried it out, and it was the worst... (laughs) It was like oh, it was like eating water. It was so bad. Oh, yeah, it was really bad. So I'm never gonna buy that brand again. Uh, they lost me as a customer forever because I was so disappointed. Is you this something to... you can find like also Asian market or something? I mean, if you find it, then you would find it in Asian markets. But I haven't found it yet. I probably need to, like, the way I do it is, like, I have to research a brand in Asia that does it and then look for that brand in one of the Asian supermarkets here and be like, I guess that is pork. <laughs> you know what I would do is I would find a Cologne group on Facebook and ask there. It's typically the thing where you're going to have, like, 25 answers with if, if there is some you can buy. 
like uh, one of those hippie moms is like, hey, yeah. I really want this and this. Where can I find it? And then like 20 other hippie moms are like, well, this is, your well, actually, this shop is not the best for uh, the community. So try this one. <laughs> exactly. I'm being a little dick. That's actually a very good recommendation. See? Thanks, Pierre. All right. I'm too shy to post it. <laughs> Don't be shy. <laughs> post things Aye. on Facebook. Yeah, it's a good medium to share, right? It's sure. modern, it's meta. If Facebook can help you find the perfect pork uh, broth, then mm. it would have been for worth something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, my dude. Corn. Have Thank you a very much. great weekend. You too. And uh, fix that nose, would you? I will, and stay uh, stay clear of the Omicron uh, variant of COVID. As always. Because apparently the doctors are very worried about <laughs> it. So, and here's to another two years of this. Cheers, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Bye.